You're listening to episode 24 of the Thriving Mom podcast. Before we get into the episode, picture this. It's finally evening, your kids are off in bed, you walk towards your freezer, grab a bowl of ice cream, and eat it quickly before anyone sees you. Now you realize what happened, and then you go into full assault mode. Your thoughts start running in your head. I'll never stop eating due to stress. Why does my life have to be so stressful? Now I've eaten all this ice cream, I might as well just find other things to eat. And on and on and on, you go down that spiral. You know what I mean. But what if you experienced the same episode, but this time, rather than go full assault mode, you found yourself saying, okay, that happened. It's okay. I'm still okay. Will that make a difference to you? I hope you said yes, because you, my friend, are about to gain the tools you need to end stress eating without needing willpower or self-control. Stick around. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Welcome back, friends. We may here helping you let go of dieting, food fears, and obsession. And if you're a mom and mealtime struggle with your kids, I'm really excited that you're joining me today. And if you're new here, Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so honored to have you here. So today's episode is quite packed. I'm just going to dive right into the topic. We're talking about stress eating. And I created a simple guide to help you through three simple ways you can end stress eating without needing willpower or self-control. You can grab that at oliveandbliss.ca forward slash stress eating. Okay, let's chat about it. Stress eating is eating in response to stress. That's simple, it's straightforward. But I want to preface this by saying that all eating have a component of emotions attached to them. Every eating that we do has an attachment to emotions. The problem is what we have come to know as emotional eating, which is now coined as a proper term, is the eating that happens in the absence of physical or biological hunger. And for the most part, we're just worried about it because we have this deep-rooted fear of weight gain. Because imagine if no one ever thought about stress eating or emotional eating and related it to weight gain. Would we be so worried about it? Would it be something that we would need to stop? Probably not. I also want to say that stress eating is a behavior. And one thing we need to recognize is that every behavior plays a role for us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be engaging in them. So if you find that you're someone who eats out of stress, boredom, anxiety, any sort of emotional eating, you need to recognize that that behavior actually serves a purpose for you. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it supportive in the long run? That's the question that you need to ask yourself, and you're the only one who knows the answer to that. 
Now, I talked about stress in episode 23, so if you haven't listened to that episode, I highly recommend that you check it out because that would actually help you and lay the foundation for what we're talking about this week. Now, knowing what we know, we need to recognize that stress simply just occurs when the demands on us are more than the resources we have for managing those demands. And I want you to walk away from this episode seeing stress eating as a symptom of something that's out of alignment in your life or a need that's not being met. So rather than seeing it as this negative thing that you avoid, that you're fearful of, when that happens or when you feel that urge to eat in response to stress, take a step back and recognize that your body is trying to tell you something. Now, when we experience stressful situations, our bodies release cortisol and adrenaline to help us respond quickly. The issue is most of us are not facing life and death situations. Rather, we live in high stress environments, especially mentally. For moms, we take in a lot. We carry the mental and emotional load of our families. And you have a lot of women and moms experiencing chronic stress. Now, when you experience chronic stress, your body doesn't really get the opportunity to get those hormones, especially cortisol, back to normal levels. And when your cortisol levels are high, guess what happens too? You get an increase in your appetite. When your appetite is increased, guess what happens? Your body also wants the quickest way to obtain energy without spending a lot of energy. And that's where the foods that are high in fat and sugar come in because they're high energy foods, easily accessible. Your body doesn't have to work too hard to digest them, takes it in energy right away, and you're good. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having those foods for comfort every now and then because let's face it, there are days that I'd rather eat popcorn or eat ice cream than journal my feelings. It's just the way life is. And I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes food just makes everything feel so much better. And why not? It's a socially acceptable way to deal with negative and uncomfortable emotions. If you were to sit with your friends and just go, oh, yesterday I was feeling so sad and I ate a bowl of ice cream, we'd probably laugh about it. But if you told someone, oh, yesterday I was feeling so sad, I had to call my therapist. Right away, everyone's like cringing or You might hear crickets because that's uncomfortable. Rather, we accept food as a way to deal with stressful situations. So think about it. Even when you cried as a child, what happened? What did your parents do? Chances are you were probably soothed, then offered lollipop or ice cream. You might be doing that too with your kids. And for parents, this is a hot tip for you. That's how you don't raise an emotional eater. You don't give them food to soothe them and make them feel better. Because food makes us feel better in the moment. But if that is our only coping mechanism, then we're really not addressing the root cause. And that's what usually triggers this continuous urge for eating in response to stress. Because it's pretty much like putting a band-aid over a gunshot wound. You'll get the short-term relief, but long-term it becomes harmful and not helpful to your physical and emotional health. So the first thing I want to talk about when we talk about managing stress eating is just learning to sit with your uncomfortable emotions. This is something that we're not taught to do 
as children, as grown-ups, we're not taught to handle negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions because those are seen as bad. And I'm saying bad in quotes or a sign of weakness. But there's really nothing wrong with these emotions. Emotions are just these vibrations we feel in our bodies in response to the thoughts that we're having. So just like happiness and excitement are emotions that we enjoy, anger, fear, and worry, and all those other emotions that we feel are bad, they can be something that can help us too. We don't have to run away from them. So we need to learn to sit with them. Human feelings are human feelings. They're not positive. They're not negative. They're neutral. If you find that you tend to turn to food rather than face your emotions, I want you to know that this is completely normal. It is what we've come to know to do. And of course, there are still days that we struggle with this. I struggle with this. In fact, last week, I think it was either Wednesday or Thursday, after I put the kids to bed, I made myself a cup of tea, had some cookies with butter in them, and I sat down and watched Home Again with the Fords because I was feeling stressed out. But the difference was I knew that was what I wanted to do. That food was going to bring me comfort. But I also tried to cope in a different way. I already did some breathing exercises. I journaled in my book. And then I still wanted to have my tea and cookies. So I went ahead and did that. The difference there is I didn't make it out to be a big deal. I didn't think I was a bad person or that I lacked self-control. I just recognized what I did gave myself grace, and I figured out what triggered my stress eating that day, which was one of the assignments I had to submit for my master's program. So I hope that this makes sense. Just because you're processing your emotions doesn't mean that you'll always end up not eating. There are times that you might still want to eat, which is fine. But again, don't let food be the only coping mechanism you have. So what are some ways you can process your emotions in Episode 16, my conversation with my mentor, Stephanie Dojie, she goes into detail about how you can process your emotions, but I have three quick things you can do. You can do some breath work, which is absolutely my favorite. It's free. You can do it anywhere. You can do it anytime. Just take a few deep breaths and pause to give yourself space between the trigger and your response. You can also spend some time journaling, just letting your mind flow, writing what's going on out on paper. Another thing that's free is dancing. Put on some music, move around, no one's watching you, doesn't matter if you're matching the beat, just shake it out and help yourself to relax. Podcast episode 23 goes into detail about stress management, so I highly recommend again that you listen to that one. Now number two. Identify what triggered your stress eating. Because if you don't know where the problem is, you cannot fix it. One thing I want to say here is that we're in the middle of a pandemic. So think about even just things as simple as scrolling through social media. You're not in imminent danger, but your brain and the photos are causing a response in your body. So if you scroll through social media and you start to feel anxious, you start to feel afraid, your body is going to respond to that. So take a moment and realize that our environment is highly stressful. And then consciously identify what's most stressful to you so that you can take the steps that you need to address them. I want to quickly say here that research actually shows that 
late afternoons and evenings tend to be when we have a greater likelihood to stress eat, which to me, it makes complete sense because when you think about it, you're winding down from the day's craziness. Your brain is probably thinking, okay, finally time to relax. So it makes sense that late evenings will be a perfect time to stress eat. And this is usually when people complain about nighttime snacking. Again, you can grab the free guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash stress eating. The guide takes you through tips such as recognizing your hunger. And I have three quick steps that you can use to recognize when you're biologically hungry versus not hungry for food. For identifying your stressors, I want to talk about one that's really huge for a lot of moms. And I've heard this from my clients as well as myself. I've experienced it. So I want to share. And this is usually around that kind of you're done working and transitioning into the evening. Many people call that the witching hour. Mine is just getting home from work and dinner time. We know what happens. Kids are going crazy. Someone's upset, crying because of no reason. You know how crazy it gets. For this, I want to encourage moms to have a get home from work ritual, especially for moms who work outside the home. But I think stay at home moms could benefit from this. During those transition moments in the evenings, it could be before dinner, it could be after, you need to create space to decompress. Very important. It doesn't have to be a long time, could be just a couple of minutes just to get you out of the hustle and bustle mode into calm and relaxed. Now I share this because <laughs> one of my clients, we we started out talking and one of her biggest thing was that she eats due to stress a lot because she has a stressful job and her life is stressful. And when we started digging more into how we could support her, she found that that after work time was her most triggering moment. So we talked about some ways she could decompress and what worked for her was just getting home. Rather than going in the kitchen, she went straight to her room and took off her work clothes and changed into something comfortable, which made a huge difference. Here's why it works. When you come home from work and you get into the kitchen at dinner time, your brain is frantically trying to figure out what to do. And usually this is before someone starts to whine and cry for dinner. So taking that time to take off your clothes helps you to calm that rush and creates that gap so that you're not reacting to dinner time. If you have kids that need to be fed, here's a tip for you. Teach them how to fix snacks for themselves. Or you can put out a plate of snacks this depends on when you plan to eat dinner because you don't want that to interfere with their appetite. So you could just put something light just to keep them for the moment. You could also get them to go play outside. You can turn on the TV just to keep them engaged for about 5-10 minutes so that you can decompress and you can get dinner started. It works. Just try it and see. So we've talked about processing your emotions. We've talked about identifying your stressors. <laughs> But what happens when you actually are in the moment when you want to stress eat? Because we know it happens. First of all, you need to create a gap between your urge and your response. And this is really important. So give yourself about five minutes to go into another room to practice some breath work. It could be putting yourself in the bathroom or just walking away from the kitchen. This helps your nervous system switch from that fight or flight response to the rest. And it'll also help you reduce the intensity of that urge. So even if you decide to eat later or after you've calmed down, you're not going to be eating out of control. 
Because when you're feeling that urge, it's like you need to eat right now. It's very intense. You're not paying attention. But when you've given yourself time to calm down, even if you still want to eat, it's not going to be as intense and you're going to be a little bit more mindful while you're eating. I hope that makes sense. Another thing you could do is ask yourself, am I hungry? If you're hungry, then go ahead and eat. Now, this is where knowing yourself really comes in handy. If you're someone who tends to do this all the time, chances are you're not eating enough during the day. Perhaps you don't have the time to eat. So what if you could prepare a snack for when you come home? So when you get home after your after work ritual or if you're a stay at home mom during your transition period, you grab yourself a snack to help you calm down and give you the energy you need for the rest of the evening. You can have snacks with your kids. Again, we have to think long term here. You don't want that to be an everyday thing because it's not a permanent solution to your problem. The problem is managing the stress, but you can do something in the meantime that'll ease some of those negative feelings that come from that. Quick tip, stress eating urges or emotional eating urges tend to be very sudden and specific. Biological hunger, on the other hand, is not. The Handy Stress Eating Guide also has steps that you can take to recognize your biological hunger too. Again, that's oliveandbliss.ca slash stress eating. Now it might be a little bit confusing if you've been dieting or restricting foods because you haven't really been paying attention to your hunger and fullness cues. If this is you, I would love to support you. Check out oliveandbliss.ca slash nutrition hyphen coaching. I'll also include the link in the show notes as well as the link to the free guide. Now, one last thing I want to touch on before we wrap up this episode. If you find yourself eating in response to stress, I want you to acknowledge what happened. And then notice your tendency to default to treating or speaking to yourself unkindly. Now, this moment is very critical because this is when your body needs you the most. Rather than saying mean things to yourself, think about the kind thing to do. What would the kind thing to do be? If you're not sure... Think about how you would speak to your child or a pet that you love so much in that moment where they're so vulnerable and they recognize that they've done something wrong. Think about that and do that for yourself. Be compassionate, be kind to yourself and know again that your eating in response to that stress is a behavior that served you in that moment and it's probably the only coping mechanism you have. But now you know differently. Now you've learned some more skills some more tools that you can add to your toolbox. Remember that when you're eating in times of stress, your body needs comfort and you need to respond kindly. So after you've had a stress eating episode, you could just repeat positive affirmations to yourself to remind yourself that you still are there. My clients always find affirmations like, I forgive myself, I accept myself, I trust myself. Saying that really helps to bring that safety back. And just in case you were wondering, stress eating doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you lack self-control or willpower. It just means that your toolkit for managing stress is low on supplies. So go ahead and create one for yourself. Use this episode, use episode 23 and do that. I actually have my clients create a self-care toolkit when we talk about eating. And they find this really helpful because it's just a simple list of things that they can turn to when they need support, especially emotional support. Because sometimes when you're really deep in the throes of emotional suffering, 
and pain, you really don't remember the things that you need. So having that toolkit written down on a piece of paper, some of them have it on their phones, it just comes in handy. So that's all I have for you, my friend, today. I really want you to know that stress eating is not something to run away from. It's not something that you need to stress about. Rather, look at it with curiosity, notice, and see how you can support yourself in the moments when you're feeling most vulnerable. I hope this episode was helpful. I want you to know that I'm always rooting for you. If you found this episode helpful, please download it, share it with a friend, share it on your social and tag me at Olive and Bliss Wellness. Send me a DM. I love it when when listeners send me messages. It just makes me feel so encouraged knowing that this message is supporting you. And one last thing, please do take a moment and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get the podcast out to other moms, to other women who need this message. All right, my friends, I hope you have an awesome week ahead. And as always, keep thriving. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you've got to check out my free food freedom guide because it gives you practical steps you can take to let go of dieting, stop obsessing about food, and eat in a way that you enjoy. Get your food freedom guide at oliveandbliss.ca slash foodfreedom. And if you'd like to learn more about me and how I can support you to make peace with food and your body, then head on over to oliveandbliss.ca. I'm always rooting for you, my friend. Until next time, keep thriving.